Hey everyone, Dr. B here. Thank you so much again for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So today we're going to talk about baby root canals. That's slang for a root canal on a baby tooth, not on an adult tooth. And we'll talk a little bit about root canals on adult teeth, but only as it relates to a root canal on a baby tooth. And and anatomically speaking, we're talking about two very different things. A lot of people think, well, well, they bring in their child and the dentist says, oh, you know, there's an infection, there's a deep cavity, your child's going to need a root canal on their baby tooth. And they think of their own personal experience, the parent, of having had a root canal and, they, and they're terrified because it, it's it, that would be a lot for a child to handle. But there are anatomical differences and timing differences and philosophical differences as to how to treat a baby tooth because it's only there for a short time. Also, it's shaped differently, has different anatomy, and it also has a different purpose. So, so we're going to piece all that out. I think it'll be very interesting for you to hear this. It's a great question. Marissa asks the question, and I, I think we should really know what the answer is because a lot of us are having kids, and when we hear those words, I don't want you to you know, go off the deep end and worry and, and or make the wrong decision, which in this case, it sounds like if a parent is asking this question, that could happen. So I don't want that to happen. I want you to know as much as possible about the situation so that you can make an informed and safe decision for your child. So here we go. Marissa, ask your question and we'll get right into it. Are baby root canals the same as adult root canals in terms of any risks that they could run in terms of affecting the undergrowing teeth and perhaps harboring any bacteria? What risks are involved with baby root canals? Thank you. So, Marissa, this is a wonderful question. The answer to your question, baby versus adult root canals, is there... Is there any risk? Let me first just say that I'm a dentist that thinks that adult root canals are okay if they're properly done. I can get into that a little bit to qualify that statement. There, there are some dentists that say no root canal is is good for you. So, just want you to have that basis. Now, let's let's compare the baby root canal. Again, we're talking about deciduous teeth, baby teeth, as opposed to an adult tooth. And as I said before, many adults parents have had a root canal. And when they hear that word from their dentist, oh, your kid needs a root canal or a baby root canal, sometimes they will use the word pulpotomy or pulpectomy. And I'll I'll just make that clear what that is to you in in a sec. They, They panic. I mean, because an adult root canal is a lot different than a root canal on a baby tooth. What I'm saying is that a an adult root canal is done on an adult tooth. And a baby root canal is done on a deciduous tooth, a baby tooth, and there are differences. But your concern is is it's found it, it's there are issues, and I stopped using a chemical that I was using and taught to use in dental school back in the late eighties, mid eighties, when I was doing baby root canals, uh, pulpotomies, not pulpectomies. And I'll, again, I'll explain that. But essentially, the baby root canal, we would use this chemical called formocreosol. It's been in the literature for a long time. It's been in use for a long time. It's locally locally disinfects. It's, it's cytotoxic to vital tissue, certainly diseased tissue. 
And when we apply it to the pulp tissue inside the tooth, the thinking is, is that that takes care of the infection and we can close it up and that baby tooth for the time that it has left in the mouth, it's going to be okay. So I think what I need to do is give you some, some background here. So an adult root canal is essentially drilling into the tooth because the pulp is dead. This is the living tissue inside of a tooth. There are blood vessels, nervous tissue, mesenchymal tissue, tissue that was there that helped form the tooth. That, that remains in adult almost to the end of our years. Not always. It depends on some things. But, but the tooth is, has living tissue inside of it. And that can die. It can get infected, necrotic. We call that pulpitis or pulp death. In other words, that tissue will die, it will become necrotic, infected, and it has to be removed if you want to keep the tooth. So that's what an adult root canal is. It's a little pilot hole that we drill through the top of the tooth to get to the pulp tissue. We remove all the pulp tissue. It's like mummifying the tooth. We get rid of all the stuff that can get infected and can contain bacteria that would later cause an infection outside of the tooth namely at the tip of the root of the tooth where all the blood vessels came in, we clean out all that tissue to that very point, to the very end of the tooth, the pulpal end or the apical end of the root. So it gets cleaned out and then it gets sealed off and then the body will treat the tooth as it normally would as a, as, as a tooth embedded in bone and usually there's no problem. Now with a baby tooth, baby teeth are a lot thinner, they have, uh, they're smaller, and they're only designed to be in the mouth up until a certain age. Typically, most kids have all have lost all of their adult teeth by age 12, 13, 14. But a lot of these teeth, for example, the two front upper incisors come in at age six months. I mean, there's some variability there, of course. And then they are out by 10 or 11. So every tooth has its own little lifetime. And so that, that, of course, is a much shorter time than an adult tooth is. And they're designed only to last that long. They're very thin. They're very fragile. They're smaller. And they, they're smaller to accommodate the smaller size of the jawbone. But, of course, your child needs to eat, and that's why they're there. It's really a very elegant system. So, obviously, we would not be able to have our adult teeth in place as our face is growing. So, so anyway, these teeth, if there's a deep cavity just like an adult tooth, or if it cracks or breaks, or if the child falls, that tooth will, uh, the pulp inside of the tooth will become infected. So we can burrow into the tooth, drill a little pilot hole, but instead of removing all of the tissue, we will do a pulpectomy. And that's where we take, we, we disinfect the very top part of the pulp, clean it up, disinfect it, and then close it up. And the rest of the tooth, that tissue in the tooth can still remain. In other words, it's still vital and it's still, it will not become inflamed or become a problem. Typically, this is best case scenario, of course, and, and pulpectomies work very well. The way we did that for so many years and still being done today, I don't agree with, I don't like, and that is, and I stopped using it right after I got out of dental school. I used an electrosurge, which was the, the poor dentist laser. It's a RF unit, radiofrequency unit, electrosurge. It's been around for a long time. It's very inexpensive. It basically is a little electric probe that when you touch tissue, it destroys it, it, it denatures the protein, and it scars it. And that was a very safe way of doing the pulpectomy. Again, I'm not explaining this properly. So 
when we drill through the tooth, we get to the diseased tissue, the tissue that's already been infected by the bacteria from the outside, from the cavity. We need to get rid of that tissue or at least disinfect it so that the rest of the tissue in the tooth doesn't become infected. The formocreosol, which is a mixture of, it's creosol, but it also has formaldehyde in it. And it's supposed to be diluted. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. It has a horrible smell. In fact, most kids that smell it are traumatized. It's that bad of a smell. It's like using chloroform. But you, you apply that with a little cotton pellet on that tissue, and then you cover it up with a plastic filling, and that's a pulpectomy. Well, I used to use the radiofrequency unit. I would just kind of scar that tissue. That didn't have that bad smell. Typically, it, it uh, didn't hurt if you had good anesthesia on the tooth. It was very quick, extremely quick. But now, I think the standard of care, and again, I consulted with a good friend of mine and colleague, Dr. Stacy Whitman, who I think is an amazing pediatric dentist up in Portland, Oregon. She's on our functional provider list, by the way. I'll give the link to that at the end of this episode. And she kind of confirmed a, a lot of what I'm talking about here. This form of creosol is a problem. I also was able to pull up a study about it. I will link that in the, in the show notes. This formaldehyde, the, the creosol isn't such an issue, that much of an issue, but formaldehyde. I mean, that's been known to be mutagenic, cariogenic. It has some issues or shows some immune sensitization, antibody formation. That's not a good thing to be using in a kid. So that does leak into tissue and can leak past the root of the tooth. Also, just the vapor alone is bad enough. So there's lots of talk in dentistry about do we still need to use formocreosol in pediatric dentistry? The, the discussion's been going on for 20 years. I think most good dentists and smart dentists and dentists that really care about their patients have moved on a long time ago. They'll use an RF unit. Now they're using ozone, ozone therapy. Wonderful, safe, very effective. And, and that's what uh, Dr. Stacy uses. There are very few dentists using ozone for pulpectomies, but it's being used. And I think that's really the future of the pulpectomy. The whole idea of doing a baby root canal pulpectomy, and again, I get this is why I preempted all this with that I'm a dentist that believes that root canals can work well. There are, there are a lot of, you know, rumors. I call them rumors because they are just that. There's really no proof that root canals are bad for you, that they cause cancer. If you have a root canal on the left side of your mouth, you're going to have breast cancer on the left side of your body. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. There was a movie about this on Netflix that was pulled. I blogged about it. Uh, it was a, a long piece that my team and I got up very quickly to discount whatever, all this fear-mongering where people were literally thinking, oh my God, I have to remove all my teeth, the teeth that have root canals. Anyway, I'm going to include that in the show notes as well, just as an aside. But with that context, there's nothing inherently wrong with the idea of doing a baby root canal, a pulpectomy. Now, a pulpotomy is is removal of all the tissue in the baby tooth. And sometimes that's necessary, but I don't think I've ever had to do a pulpotomy. A pulpectomy usually works fine. Kids' teeth are very resilient. Kids are resilient. And again, it's only in there for a few years at most. What's the alternative? Take the tooth out? Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Taking a tooth out is a very traumatic thing. You can numb a kid up. Again, I've been doing this for 35 years. I did see, I do see a lot of kids this really horrified me. You would have to knock the kid out for them not to feel or know what was happening. They'd still feel the pressure, the twisting, the torquing of the removal of the tooth, unless it was very infected. 
and it would come out easier because there was no bone support around the tooth. But it's really traumatic for a kid. And then secondarily, or not secondarily in importance, as important, but in addition, removing the tooth is a bad thing because all the other teeth kind of move into that space and that affects the eruption pattern of the incoming adult teeth. And this choreographed movement and replacement of teeth and in, in, in a very, very surprisingly very specific kind of pattern is crucial to get right. Otherwise, you're going to get crowding and you're going to need a lot of orthodontic work later. So, so keeping those teeth in is a good idea. If you do have to remove a tooth, which can happen, then you have to put a space maintainer in. You have to put a glue in a metal device that has metal in it and nickel and other, other things you have to worry about as a, as a parent for your child. And that is done by an orthodontist. Typically, I, I did all of my own space maintenance in, in my practice, but I didn't like the metals that I had to use. But it was important to do that because otherwise the bite would collapse as the adult teeth came in. You have to maintain that space until an adult tooth takes the space or fills the space. So, so again, former creosol, not crazy about. Uh, if, you're, if your dentist is using former creosol, move on. Find someone else. Use someone that's using ozone or an RF device, radio frequency or electrosurge. And I think a lot of dentists are using that. It's so much quicker and safer. Uh, it, doesn't, it does smell a little bit bad, but nowhere near as bad as that former creosol. That is a very strong taste. And most kids remember that for the rest of their life. Again, taking out the tooth is not a good option. That really impacts them. It makes them a phobic patient for the rest of their lives, which, which has you know ramifications down the road. People tend to avoid dental care, which is not good overall for overall health as well. Uh, there are other alternatives uh, to formocreosol, that, that chemical that I keep referring to, ferric sulfate. That doesn't travel as far. It's a little safer. If it does leak out past the root tip, it's not as, as dangerous. Uh, so anyway, the, the best root canal is no root canal, of course, or pulpotomy or pulpectomy. And again, I think it's a great question because most parents just take it for granted. They hear the dentist, they say, oh, uh, we've got to save the tooth. We've got to go in there and do a baby root canal. Let's do it. But are they using those chemicals and are there better alternatives? Hell yes. And you need to ask, you need to be aware of those alternatives. It's significant enough where you would be protecting your child greatly, significantly by, by knowing all of this. And uh, so great question. So glad that you asked it. Again, thanks, Marissa. Great question. Hope that answers that question for you. Uh, it's good that you never take anything for granted with your kids, for the, with the health and treatment of your kids. And that's what this podcast is all about. Always ask if you ever have any doubt or any worry, you know, with your own treatment, especially with your kids' treatment, it's always important to inform yourself. Again, it's always buyer beware. As a patient, you need to inform yourself. And that's the great thing about seeing a functional dentist. They're just going to come out of the, the gate explaining stuff and, and explaining to you where does this come from? Why is it there? Not the what, but also the why. And, and that's so important because, again, in the old days, we used to trust doctors and dentists. And, and, and I think that's great. And I think professionals typically can be trusted. But I think in today's world, you really have to inform yourself so that, you have, so that at least you have an idea that you're seeing the right person. You're not going to understand everything. And you, you can't become a dentist or a physician or, 
or a neurophysicist or a, you know, or, or an astronaut. I mean, there's just no way of doing that. You're going to stick in your lane and all that. But when it comes to healthcare and how it affects your body or your children's bodies and treatment outcomes, it is so important to inform yourself. And if you don't feel good about it, or if you don't like the answer you got, or the provider that you're seeing was a little flippant or just exasperated that you, you asked so many questions but didn't understand it, it's time to move on and find someone else. So again, thank you so much for asking that question. I can't tell you how many dentists are still using former Creosol. I can't give you exact numbers. I'm going to include a commentary. It's not a study from a pediatric journal in Canada. It gives you some numbers there, but it's the majority of dentists are still using this chemical. Chances are the dentist you're seeing will use form of Creosol. So get around that. You don't want to worry about that uh, as a parent. Um, so glad, again, that you are asking questions. If anyone listening here has a question about oral health, about dentistry, go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. We do have an article on this. I will dig it up. Also include that in the show notes. Uh, go to askthedentist.com. Also, I would recommend visiting Dr. Stacy's uh, Instagram site. She is an incredible, forward-thinking, enlightened pediatric dentist. She really gets it. You know, she's got two two daughters of her own. She really understands. First of all, she'll understand that as a parent, you care and that you need to know that everything is safe. But she really has lots of empathy and, and a lot of knowledge. And again, this doesn't come from dental school. This comes after dental school. And there are some providers that keep digging and keep looking until they find the right, for example, the right biomimetic material, the, the material that, that is safe and kind and matches human tissue or human physiology, that kind of thing. So, so definitely look up her site. I'm going to include a link for that as well. I think what she does is wonderful. And you should definitely seek her, her Instagram site out and get information from her as well, especially if you have a kid. And, uh, and lastly, again, she's on our directory list. If you're looking for a dentist that, that will discuss this with you and doesn't use former creosol or knows that former creosol is really mutagenic, carcinogenic, could sensitize your kid to a lot of immune issues, uh, then go to askthedentist.com slash directory. And just to make sure, as I'm sure you will, because you're asking questions, and before you get that pulpotomy or pulpectomy done, that baby root canal, ask if they're using creosol, find out how they're doing it, and, and here's what you really want to know. Why are they doing it? So hope that helps. Again, thanks for hanging in there with me. And so glad you're asking questions and willing to listen. This is great stuff. I appreciate your time and your patronage. I will see you at the next episode. Stay safe, stay well, and keep smiling. Thanks. Bye. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.